Welcome back to Ahead of the Curve. I'm your host, Todd Garza. Today, we are going to go over the AL and NL East divisions. I will uh, go over them in the order that I think they're going to finish. I will give you what I think the team record's going to be. We're going to go over the top fantasy-relevant players at each position for all five teams in each division uh, today. Uh, I also want to uh, get out there uh, more information. on it. Things are heating up on the emails. I'm getting a lot of uh, activity on my website, and I just wanted to get the information out there for people that are browsing uh, their podcast, trying to get some info for Fantasy Baseball. You can get in touch with us. I give out more uh, detailed information as far as fantasy goes. I try to keep the podcast uh, pretty neutral as far as just baseball talk mixed with a little bit of fantasy. But if you need any more detail, I am happy to help. You can get in touch with me at uh, thisweekwithtodd at gmail.com. That's a direct email, thisweekwithtodd at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, aheadofthecurve.simdiff.com. That's aheadofthecurve.simdiff.com. There's a chat section there. There's info on there as far as what uh, we think rankings are at each division. And there's also top news stories of the past week or so. We usually try to keep that updated as well. Uh, The first thing that I want to cover that I've been getting a lot of questions about is how to approach different types of drafts. And it's pretty simple. Uh, As far as uh, auction goes, I'm an aggressive guy. I go get what I want early. I overspend a little bit there, and then I work my way back. That usually hurts me in the pitching category. Um, Now, I'm not a guy that wins it every year. I've been playing fantasy baseball for about 30 years or so. Um, I've got a pretty good track record, and I've pretty much approached all my auction drafts the same way. Um, Spend a little to get who you want. Mark the guys that no matter what the cost is that you want. Get those guys early, whether they're pitchers or hitters, depending on which way you want to approach a draft. I'm a hitter early guy, and then from third round on, I try to work on my staff while getting, you know, filling up uh, the hitting, you know, hitting positions around the diamond as well. Uh, but the, it tends to be jump on a pitcher if you can after the third or fourth round. Once I get my base superstars in line, now you can't take that approach necessarily. I mean, you still could, and I still pretty much do in a way. Uh, but you have to change it up a little bit if you're doing a, a snake draft, a draft order draft, not an auction draft. Um, you just kind of have to go with the flow of the draft, mark some players that you think will be available, choose your approach. A lot of people go pitching early. I'm not one of those guys, uh, but I've seen guys win it both ways. So I'm, I'm not really endeared to either way. I just choose to get my hitters early. It's just more fun for me to follow hitters than pitchers, but that's just my personal preference. Whether you choose pitchers or hitters, knock them out early um, in either an auction or a snake draft. Uh, I just, you know, get what you need and then work your way back from there. If you go pitching earlier, then you need to work on your lineup from third round on. If you go hitting earlier, then third or fourth round on, you need to work on your pitching. Make sure you get a decent staff. Uh, make sure you get decent closers. You want your closers after about the eighth round or so. That's my personal opinion. Um, I've been getting a lot of Osuna, good shares of Osuna, the closer for the Astros. He tends to be 
available in the eighth, ninth round. The seventh round guys tend to be a little too early for me, uh, but that is really truly up to you. It's it's a it, fantasy baseball. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot more moving parts than there is in fantasy football. So it's one of those you need to take your time, make sure you've got your roster in front of you, and fill it out the best you can with the best players you can as early as possible. And it just depends on how you choose to approach it. And that's the best way I could give the best advice I can give as far as approaching a draft, because they're all different. It depends on how competitive the 12, 15 other guys, depending on how many teams in your league are. Uh, if you're drafting with, you know, guys that know baseball, some very intense guys, you're going to have to bring your A game, make sure you know exactly what you're doing and, and know the rules of uh, and I say this in any fantasy system at all, football, baseball, or whatever you choose, know the scoring system, know the people that you're playing with as far as their interest and their intelligence on the game, and you adjust your draft according to that. If I'm playing with people that I know uh, know exactly what they're doing, and I have a couple leagues like that, that there is no room for very many mistakes, Um I'm starting a new dynasty draft next week. I have one dynasty that I've been in for a really long time. The dynasty drafts, you want to go young. You got to realize you're looking for the long term. These are guys that are going to be on your team for years to come. And you don't want to get too crazy with the youth, but you definitely want to have a few guys that you can build around that are, are young as well. And they will take up a few of your roster spots. So you've got to approach the drafts depending on what the situation is you can't just have one set way to draft like you do in fantasy football it just does not work that way in baseball there are so many variables and scoring changes from league to league that uh, you really have to go case by case the thing is just know the type of approach you want Study up on the players that you like that you think are going to get the job done as far as scoring and the categories in your league do your homework. I always tell people it takes just it doesn't have to be hours on end. Just figure out your approach, figure out the players you like that will reasonably be available at your spots in the draft or who you're willing to spend in your auction off the bat and get those few superstars that you want work your way back from there. That's the best advice I can give on how to approach a draft that seems to be the number one uh email that I've been getting as far as interaction with you guys um, is a lot of how to approach draft questions. Uh, And that is, I know it's not the best answer in the world, uh, but I can't sit here and tell you a certain way to draft when I don't know all the variables. That's just irresponsible. I think most fantasy guys would tell you the same thing. Um, Just kind of go with what works for you. Know your league. Know the rules. Those are the number one things. Do the homework on the players that you like. Uh, We're going to start on the AL East. We're going to get the AL done. We've covered up the Central and the West in the last few podcasts. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to break down as far as where I think they're going to finish, their record, and then we will go through the lineup and their pitching staffs as quick as possible and move on from there. I've got the Yankees winning 105 games this year. I think they have a very, very good chance of winning the AL I think it's going to come down to them and the Astros once again. Uh, they just have all made all the right moves in the 
bullpen. Um, just from top to bottom, the Yankees are extremely talented. Once again, they have loaded up. Uh, they've got Gary Sanchez, a big candidate for a bounce back. He hit under 200 last year, had a horrible year defensively. He was lost at the plate. I think coming in healthy and having a full offseason, I'm sure they worked with him quite a bit. And with his talent, as far as getting the ball over the fence, he's got great power. Um, he's a really good hitter uh, at times. I know his average last year really uh, hurts that. Um, but I spent 20 bucks on him in an auction. Um, I'm willing to uh, bet that he bounces back. So Gary Sanchez is a strong player at catcher. First base for the Yankees is pretty interesting. They both are about similar as far as where they are going in drafts, and they're both very talented. Uh, they may do a left-right with these guys, um, platoon. Uh, it's one of those that everybody around baseball is kind of keeping an eye on because Greg Bird has had years to, to step up and do what he has to do, and he's ran into a lot of issues. He's never quite hit his full potential. Uh, and Luke Voigt is ready uh, to uh, blow up at first base. He's got a ton of power. Uh, I think they're going to let it play out and see how it works between these two guys, but they are good in both uh, spots right now. I think they're both going to get a decent amount of uh, plate appearances. I, if I was a betting man, I would lean towards Voigt. So if you come across uh, a lot of those, those two guys especially are in the same area um, as far as where they're going in drafts, I would lean Luke Voigt at first base for the Yankees. Uh, Glaber Torres at second base. Uh, he will rotate with DJ Lemayhu. Uh, and LeMahieu had a great year with Colorado. He's a very, very good player. He is going to take some at-bats away from some guys there in the infield. Miguel Andujar will be their third baseman. At least that's the way it's looking right now. He's another guy that I think could be the odd man out as far as a trade for the Yankees. Uh, but we'll see. There's just so many bats on the infield. Uh, LeMahieu will be his backup there at third as well. Andujar is ready to step up this year. I think he's got a good bat. He's got a decent glove. Um, he's just an all-around really, really good player. I think this will be the year he finds his stride. Um, whether that will keep him or really push him to get traded, I think it depends on what the Yankees need. If they get into the season and dominate like a lot of people think, uh, I don't think it's going to be a big issue whether they keep him or trade him. We will see. At short for right now, until uh, Didi gets back for the Yankees, it's going to be Troy Tulowitzki. Probably a little bit of Torres in there when LeMahieu needs to play second. Um, Tulowitzki's somewhat of a he's a depth guy at the back end of drafts. He's not a bad pickup. I think he could get you some decent stats. He's going to get some at-bats early in the season until Didi gets back. Um, he's not a bad guy to throw in at the end of your bench right now. In left field, Brett Gardner uh, or Stanton. Um, of course, you know, there's a DH issue there. Stanton and uh, Judge will be rotating a little bit with Sanchez at times with the DH. Um, Gardner has kind of dipped a little bit as far as the rankings this year. Uh, he's a decent back end of the draft uh, bench guy. Of course, Stanton is the middle rounds, you know, fourth through seventh round guy. He's even going earlier in some drafts. He's going to give you a ton of power. Uh, Stanton is what he is at this point. Is He's getting paid the big bucks for one reason, and that is to hit bombs, and he does that at a pretty regular pace. So Stanton is a must-get early in drafts. I think he will give you some good home run power. Center field, they just locked up Aaron Hicks for $70 bucks. I think he is going to lock down center. 
He's going to be a steady guy as far as fantasy goes. He's going to give you a good three or four categories of decent stats. So anytime you get a guy that can, can help you in multiple categories, uh, Aaron Hicks seems to be that guy. Uh, Gardner will be his backup. Uh, Clint Frazier is still listed on the depth chart. I don't know exactly where he's going to fit in at this point. Uh, Aaron Judge will be in right field. Uh, Stanton will lo- uh, rotate in there from time to time um, as well when Judge either needs a rest or uh, moves to DH. Judge is a first-round guy for a lot of people, first or second-round guy. He just is a beast at the plate. There's really not much more that needs to be said on Aaron Judge. He is what he is. He is a top-end superstar at this point for the Yankees. Stanton, Sanchez, and Judge will be a three-way, a three-headed monster there at DH. They will rotate. Um, the starting pitching for the Yankees is pretty interesting. Cervino, Paxton, Tanaka, Hap, and Sabathia. So they've got a lot of veteran guys. Um, pretty decent staff there. Uh, Cervino, Paxton, and Tanaka are pretty strong uh, front three. I mean, they're not gonna. You know, these aren't the Braves of the '90s or anything. These, it's not the best five man rotation in baseball, but very strong. You're going to have a team that's going to score a ton of points. At the very least, you should get some decent wins out of that group. Uh, Servino and Tanaka will get you some strikeouts. Um, Hap and Paxson will get you some decent uh, breakdown numbers. Uh, in the bullpen, this is probably one of the strongest areas they bulked up in the offseason. Chapman, Betances, Britton, Adovino, Chad Green, Holder, I mean, you name it, they are loaded. These guys have a ton of talent in the bullpen. So uh, it's one of those, uh, you know, the rich get richer situations in uh, New York. They really did well with their bullpen. 105 wins seems very, very likely for this team. Um I have the Red Sox winning another hundred games this year. I, I do really, I really do believe that they have a very good chance of uh, eclipsing a hundred. If not, they're going to be right there. I think between ninety-seven and a hundred wins. Very strong chance with that hundred wins that they'll be hosting a wild card uh, game. I would be shocked if they didn't make the wild card. Um, they're pretty much that one of the wild cards. Uh, that they'll be a lock. Um, I think that other wild card will either come from the Twins Indians uh, or the Angels Athletics in the other two divisions. Uh, But the Red Sox pretty much, unless something major happens, they're locked in at at least a wild card. They could sneak up and win the division if the Yankees run into some issues. And I think that situation would be reversed. At catcher, they got Vasquez. He's not ex- not a huge fantasy guy, but catcher is so depleted. Depending on your league setup, if you're in an AL only, um, depending on your scoring situation, or if there's just not much to choose from, and catcher can get kind of weak pretty quick, uh, Vasquez would be a desperate play. Um, offensively, he just doesn't provide too much. Uh, Mitch Moreland at first base for the Red Sox. He's another back end of a draft bench guy. I don't know how much he's going to put up stat-wise. He struggles with his batting average, strikes out quite a bit. Pedroia at second base is a candidate for a bounce back this year. He is getting up there in age. It's not a guarantee. It's a little bit of a risky 
shot there at second, but with no pressure in that lineup, he should be thrown in there and nobody really thinking too much about him like they used to, and I think that helps a hitter a little bit. He's going to have a clear mind going up there quite a bit. Not too many pressure situations. They should win quite a few games, score a ton of runs. It's a perfect setup for Pedroia to do well, because I just don't see him having any struggles as far as pressures from outside sources. Um, I think he'll do well. Brock Holt will be backing him up. Devers at third base. A lot of people have him as a sleeper this year. Uh, You would think as far as where he's at in age, how much experience he's accumulated. They've got a World Series in their pocket. Devers at third base has a really good chance of being a sleeper. If you can get him in the mid-rounds, I think you're going to be doing yourself a big service. I think he could be a sleeper um, pick. A lot of people are going to definitely overlook him. Uh, but Rafael Devers, third base for the Red Sox, is not a bad guy to get in mid-drafts. I think he's going to have a pretty good season. Xavier Bogart should have another strong season at short. There's no reason outside of injury to worry about Bogarts. He is a steady shortstop for them. Their outfield is pretty loaded. They've got Benatendi, first-round guy. Jackie Bradley, he is a 10th round on guy. I mean, there's one draft I picked him at the end of the draft, I think for a dollar in an auction. So a lot of people are sleeping on Jackie Bradley. He had a, uh, an up and down year last year. Great defensive guy. Um, but as far as offense goes, uh, he can be inconsistent at times. I think he could be a sleeper as late as he's going as well. Jackie Bradley Jr. And then, of course, Mookie Betts. He is a top. I think, you know, it's Mike Trout and then Mookie Betts. I think he's a top two player in baseball as far as fantasy goes. Uh, designated here will be J.D. Martinez. Steve Pierce and Moreland will rotate in there as well. Uh, J.D. Martinez is one of the top hitters and a first rounder in fantasy baseball he just puts up a ton of numbers in the batter's box um their starting pitching is one of the best staffs in baseball chris sale david price sales going very early top three rounds price is going uh, a little high for me but he's going about mid-round sixth seventh round on uh porcello is at the back of drafts and i think he could be a sleeper in the back of drafts he should get quite a few wins with this lineup Eduardo Rodriguez, not too fantasy relevant, but a good depth guy. Uh, he could eat up some innings for you. And um, you move on to their pen. You got Barnes, Embry, Thornburg, Workman, Johnson, Velasquez. Uh, they they are looking pretty good in the bullpen. They're not as strong as the Yankees. Uh, very curious to see. Uh, how that works out for them. Um, with that lineup, I don't see them having too many issues uh, as far as uh, whatever deficiencies they have at at the pitching end of things. They should be able to make up for in, uh, on the hitting side, and they should be able to score some runs. I, I don't see how... Uh, the Red Sox don't win at least at least 90 games, uh, at the very least. I think they should win probably closer to 100 games. Just from top to bottom with all the moves they made, uh, I don't think they're going to be struggling too much in the bullpen. 
All right, we're going to move on to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. I have them at 82 and 80 this year, uh, just above 500, right around 500 for the year. A lot of people have them a little bit better than that. They really had a shocking year last year with 90, I think it was 91 wins last year. Um, They play by the numbers and this new analytics, probably more than any other team at this time. Uh, the Astros are right there with them, but the Rays do some wild stuff. They've they started <laughs> towards the end of last year. They were starting games with relievers and working their way from there, maybe putting a starter in the middle to eat up some innings. Uh, they did some games where it was all relievers. Very strange approach. A lot of people think it's the new way of looking at baseball going forward. I don't know. I think they went a little too far with it, but it threw some teams off enough for them to win some games. Very scrappy. Uh, they're starting to remind me. They're basically the Oakland A's of the East. They just are scrappy. They uh, draft well. They trade well. Uh, they seem to put just enough together to be very competitive. Uh, they are coming off of some pretty horrible years before last year, but last year they finally put it together together. And, you know, Blake Snell had his amazing year and uh, they made it happen and they scrapped their way to 90 wins. It was very, very impressive to watch. Uh, This year, they're going to have Zanino at catcher. Uh, He's a decent fantasy guy. The only thing he's really going to hurt you in is batting average and strikeouts. He will give you a low batting average and a ton of strikeouts. But he's got decent power. He's a good defender. So Zanino at catcher. Yandy Diaz, a young guy at first base, a lot of people are high on. He doesn't have a ton of power, at least not yet, but it looks like he could be, you know, hovering around 290 type hitter. Um, if you've got a league that, you know, categorizes hits and batting average, he should be a helpful add there in the back of a draft. Uh, Joey Wendell at second base. Uh, you got Matt Duffy at third base. Neither one of them are too fantasy relevant at this point. I would leave them on waivers if possible. Uh, Willie Adames uh, at shortstop. I hope I didn't butcher that last name. Uh, decent kid. I have to say I don't know a ton about him. He's just somebody they're really going to take a hard look at. He should be pretty decent for them as far as what I've heard defensively. Um, offensively, uh, I'm going to have to take a pass on it. Uh, I would leave him for the waiver wire or the back of a draft. Uh, left fielder, you got Tommy Pham. Center fielder, Kevin Kiermeyer, And right fielder, Austin Meadows. Pham should be a pretty decent mid-round guy to get. I think he's going to put up decent numbers there in Tampa Bay. I know he's not an exciting player um, off the page. Uh, but Tommy Pham is a guy to look for um, that a lot of people will sleep on that will give you decent fantasy numbers. Uh, he's a guy that, like I said, a lot of people overlook him because his name is Tommy Pham. No, a lot of people don't know about him. The guy can play ball. He can, he's got some speed. He's got some power. He can do a little bit of everything. Kiermaier is a good bench guy or a waiver wire guy. He's got decent speed. He can get you a few stolen bases. Uh, he's a decent, serviceable center fielder for them. And then you got Austin Meadows. Uh, very good right fielder. Maxell Smith actually is the center fielder to carry there in Tampa Bay. I think he is going to be a very big player uh, as far as what they need at the top of their lineup. Uh, he is a decent pickup in the middle rounds. Uh, center fielder for the Devil Rays. Maxell Smith they got in the Seattle trade. Austin Meadows was a sleeper when he was with the uh, Pirates. I think he's 
um, a guy that could surprise some people, but I don't know if I would waste uh, too high of a draft pick on him. He's a guy at the back end of drafts that I would be looking for. Um, he is strictly just depth. He's no, you don't want him in any starting lineup going into the season. The way they use their lineups and they mix and change players and the way they use their pitching staffs, uh, any Devil Ray, uh, Tampa Bay Ray, is going to be a little risky uh, because of the way they approach the game there. Um, it's it's different. It's definitely different. Uh, designated hitter uh, Garcia or Choi um, will rotate in there. Neither one are fantasy relevant at this point. Starting pitchers for the Rays are Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glasnow, Ryan Yarbrough, and Yanni Chirinos. Uh, Snell is a first-round, second-round guy. Um 21 wins. He won the Cy Young Award last year. That should tell you everything. Very, very good pitcher. Not a bad guy to root, uh, you know, in as your one of your top starters. Charlie Morton is risky with uh, injuries. He's got a ton of injuries in his past. Not a bad uh, depth guy, but I would not take him, you know, before the 14th, 15th round. If anybody wants to take a chance on him there, they can. I just think that the injuries outweigh what you could get out of Morton. Um, but if you do get lucky enough to get him at the back of end of a draft, he is not a bad guy to at least start the season as some depth. He can get you good numbers when he's healthy. And then Tyler Glass now is a guy a lot of people have on the sleeper radar. A ton of talent. Uh, the Pirates tried to wait on him. Uh, nothing ever happened. I think this is the year that Glass now is going to reach his potential. So he could be a very, very sneaky pick. Tyler Glasnow, if he comes up in your draft, go ahead and snag him. Uh, he shouldn't come up too early. Uh, he should come up towards the back end, and when he does, you need to get on it. Not much in their bullpen is really uh, too fantasy relevant, strictly because of the way they use their, their pitching. Uh, Alvarado and Diego Castillo are probably their two best bets to rack up some uh decent stats there out of the bullpen and that's another one of the reasons why the Rays will be around 500 just not a ton on the back end there and you know they're a very interesting team they they really I think they're going to end up around 500 just because strictly because of their approach and I think that that is uh you know only a few teams get that kind of credit I think the Athletics are the first team that do come to my mind when I'm talking about the the uh, Rays is they just do it with less. Very, very fun to watch teams like that throughout the season just uh, piece together wins. And I think that the, uh, the Rays fall in that category. Very interesting to watch. The Blue Jays are a young, fun team. I have them finishing behind the Rays, and that was really hard for me to come up with. I really like the the Blue Jays on paper. The AL is very, very weak this year outside of the top, what, six teams. So I think, you know, teams like the Blue Jays could rack up some wins. Um, but that's if everything goes well. They're just one of those teams I can't put my finger on it. They find a way, um, at least recently, in the last few years, uh, to level off somehow. Vlad Jr., uh, Guerrero Jr. is already dealing with a, uh, an injury. Um, doesn't really affect him. He wasn't going to be brought up until May, probably anyways. So that's exciting. Vlad Guerrero Jr., the future there is exciting. Uh, they've got some exciting players. Um, I just don't know exactly what's going to happen on the back end for them. Uh, Giles is very, very uh, erratic. 
and he is listed as their closer right now. Uh, their catchers, Danny Jansen, he is a catcher a lot of people have on the radar. He is not going with the big wig catchers, the top end catchers. You can get Danny Jansen in mid rounds, and it's a, it's a pretty good deal. He can hit. He's a catcher that can hit. Anytime you can get stats out of the catching spot, jump on it. <clears throat> At first base, you still got Justin Smoke there trying to earn his way. Second base, uh, and Smoke is not too fantasy relevant. He's a depth guy back in the draft. Lourdes Guriel Jr. Uh, this is Guriel from the Astros. This is his younger brother. He is a highly touted uh, prospect. I think he's going to do well this year. He had a good season last year at the end of the season. Uh, so Guriel Jr. for me is a guy I'm, I'm snagging when I can in drafts. He's a very good depth guy. Um, I think he's going to beat out Devon Travis there at second base. Uh, Guriel Jr., uh, a very much a fantasy-relevant player there at second base and get you some steals, some power, some average, a little bit of everything. Drury at third base. Guriel will slide into third base from time to time as well. <clears throat> and Drury's okay, not too fantasy-relevant at this point, but he's a, still a decent baseball player. And then at shortstop, they picked up Freddie Galvis Jr. from the Padres. He will hold down the shortstop role until Fernando Tatis Jr. gets there, probably around May to June. It's going to be hard to uh, keep... Oh, I'm sorry. That's the Vlad Guerrero Jr. I apologize. Vlad Guerrero Jr. at third base is the prospect they're waiting for. Uh, Galvis is going to hold down the shortstop role. Very good defensive shortstop there for the Blue Jays. Uh, Guriel Jr. will slide over to shortstop from time to time when Devon Travis needs to get some work in at second base. Uh, but Galvis is a very steady glove. Doesn't hit the ball a ton, but he's a very steady glove, smart player there for the Blue Jays. Uh, very good guy to have in the system, especially right now where they're at. In the outfield, they got Billy McKinney, Kevin Pillar, Teoscar Hernandez, and Randall Grichuk. Really, Pilar's got some speed. He can give you some average. Um, depending on your categories, he can you know hit you in a few categories. So Pilar's not horrible. Teoscar Hernandez has a lot of potential. He's never quite reached it fully, but he's got potential to be a you know three or four tool guy. Get you some decent numbers. These are all back end of the drafts, maybe even waiver wire guys. Uh, Grichuk is quietly a decent number guy, um, but even he is not in the first 10 rounds or anything like that. This whole outfield is a back end of a draft. Uh, one of the reasons why I have them finishing fourth in the division. Um, it's not an outfield that's, it's a steady outfield, but it's not an outfield that's going to knock you, you know, uh, you know, knock you back at all. Uh, not a ton going on there. Good chance Teoscar Hernandez may break out. Uh, McKinney is still, you know, a young guy they're really looking at. And Grichuk has been a steady player for years. Um, he's battled some injuries. If he can stay healthy, I think he has a chance to put decent numbers. So those are guys you might want to keep an eye on. Maybe, you know, waiver wired up in the first few weeks if they have hot starts. Designated hitter will be Kendris Morales. Uh, you're, you know, not a bad uh, guy to have somewhere on the bench. Uh, he can get you decent average from time to time. He's definitely got some pop. Their starting pitching is pretty interesting. Stroman, Sanchez, Bulkholtz, Buckholtz, Schumacher, and Baruki. Ryan Baruki. Uh, really, Buckholtz, Sanchez, and Stroman are your fantasy relevant players in the starting rotation. 
Strowman and Sanchez. Strowman should be going higher than he is. Sanchez is going about right. Uh, they're both right around the top hundred uh, players. Um, it's tough. It's tough to really make a call uh, uh, on those two. I think Strowman, in my personal opinion, is going to have a good year. Uh, Sanchez, I think, is primed for a decent comeback. And then Boat Colts has a lot to prove. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries with the Red Sox. It's nice to have him back in the AL East. It'll be interesting to see, but he's a guy that you are really going to have to, you know, have a lot of risk with. Um, not a ton of, uh, not a ton of depth there in the starting, um, rotation for the Blue Jays. Uh, if they have any kind of injuries, I think that's where uh, a lot of their troubles will come. Uh, their bullpen, same thing. Their closer is Ken Giles. I actually drafted him, uh, and Osuna, because I don't even know why I did that. A lot of times it's better just to have one closer in one league. And I kind of regret it just because he went out and immediately the next day gave up like five runs in an inning in, in spring. Like he's, he's a head case. I watched him here in Houston, and Ken Giles is a guy that you can't trust 100%. He's, he's a tough guy to trust. Um, there's really not much else in that bullpen. They got Clayton Richard, David Paulino, um, Tim Miza. I mean, just there's not much going on there. Another reason why I think the Blue Jays are going to run into trouble is the back end of their draft. They will run into quite a bit. And that's going to wrap up. I have the, by the way, I have the, uh, the, the Rays. I'm sorry, the Blue Jays. I have them finishing 80 and 82, just under 500. A couple games behind the Orioles. I mean, I'm sorry, a couple games behind the, the Devil Rays. Uh, the Orioles, we're going to cover less. They, next, they will finish last in the uh, in the NL East. It's going to be another tough season for the Orioles as they are in the middle of a, a brutal rebuild here. And I know that no team wants to say that they're in a rebuild. And I know they've been fighting off the... Uh, you know, being called uh, a team in rebuild mode. And I understand that. But one thing is for sure, the Baltimore Orioles are definitely in rebuild mode. And you can tell when we go through their lineup. They've got a few decent uh, veterans in there. But overall, they are a team that is in absolute rebuild mode. Uh, Not a ton of fantasy relevance on this team. So we're going to get through them pretty quick. Um, I have them winning 69 games at best this year. I just think in that division, those top-end teams are going to beat them up pretty good in the AL. Uh, They got Cisco, Chance Cisco at catcher, not fantasy relevant. Chris Davis, a little bit of pop, but back end of a draft guy. He's going to strike out a ton, very low batting average. Uh, Ever since he signed his huge contract, he has bottomed out. Jonathan Villar at second base is probably their most fantasy relevant player in my opinion, at second base. Very much relevant. 13th ranked second baseman on Fantasy Pros. Third base, they got Renato Nunez, Rio Ruiz. Neither or are Fantasy relevant. Shortstop this year, looks like they're going to start Richie Martin. Uh, he is ranked 67th among shortstops. He is not Fantasy relevant. Uh, left fielders, um, 
Trey Mancini is somewhat relevant. Uh, he is taking a middle round. So he can play multiple positions. I've drafted him in a few leagues. Mancini is not a bad pickup as far as depth. Cedric Mullins will be their center fielder. Uh, he is just a depth guy. And then Joey Ricard will be in right field, and he is definitely just a depth guy. They are struggling in the outfield there. Uh, designated here is Mark Trumbo. Not a bad guy to have on your bench for some batting stats. Um, he has moments. Uh, still strikes out quite a bit from time to time. Average can dip, but uh, he has his moments with some power. Their starting pitching is pretty rough. Uh, they got Dylan Bundy. He is a depth starting pitcher guy uh, at best. Alex Cobb trying to resurrect his career. Um, not too relevant. You could sign him in on the back end. Uh, Kashner, Hess, Carnes, Josh Rogers, none are very relevant. Uh, see what they do. Maybe snag them off the waiver wire going into next year. Bullpen, really the only bullpen guy that is worth even mentioning for the Baltimore Orioles is Michael Givens. And he is uh, a decent guy. You know, as far as relief pitchers, you can snag them at the back end of draft. So he's one of those guys that uh, if... If you feel the need to bulk up, you know, a lot of times I will focus on my starting nine, you know, at my regular positions, my starters, and then at the back of the draft, I will be looking for uh, my relievers. If you get caught in a situation like that, uh, you can look at a player like Givens in the bullpen. He should get some saves. He should have a decent ERA, um, pretty decent strikeout. Uh, rate so Givens, I'm not gonna recommend him too highly, <clears throat> but he's not a bad guy if you're at the back of a draft looking for decent relief help on your fantasy team. Michael Givens out of the pen for the Orioles is not a bad option. Well, that'll wrap up the AL East. We're gonna move on to the NL East uh, here, see if we can knock it out in the next 15-20 minutes. Uh, we've got the Philadelphia Phillies winning 96 games. 96 and 66 is the finishing record that we have for the Philadelphia Phillies. They are loaded, folks. I mean, absolutely loaded. They've got Real Muto at catcher, number one rated catcher in baseball. They've got Reese Hoskins at first base, number one rated, or no, number four rated first baseman. Uh, he has huge potential for uh, a breakout year as far as power, the way this lineup is setting up. He will be rotating with Santana uh, from the Indians. That was a uh, mistake I made on the. I was looking at an old depth chart, older depth chart for the Indians on the. We broke down when we broke down the AL Central on the last podcast. Santana was traded in the offseason from the Indians to the Phillies. He will be rotating there at first. He's having a very good spring, by the way. Um, so he will be in and out of first and probably a little bit of a rotation in the outfield as well. Um, along with Hoskins, because the outfield is pretty loaded as well. So, and Santana can play some third base as well. So, it, it really is a uh, a team with a ton of depth. Second base will have Hernandez. Cesar Hernandez, very steady guy, not bad numbers on the hitting end as well. Very good second baseman. Uh, Mikel Franco at third base. Uh, he will be rotating with Santana a little bit as well. Santana will be bouncing around from outfield first to third. Hoskins will be bouncing around from first to outfield a little bit. Um, Franco, very steady uh, third baseman. He runs into any trouble. Like I said, Santana will be bouncing around the infield. 
At shortstop, they got Segura, another great pickup. Juan Segura, 10th rated shortstop. Franco is a 28th ranked third baseman. Hernandez is the 20th ranked. So all of these guys I have mentioned in the infield are relevant fantasy players. Left field, uh, you've got McCutcheon. The 32-ranked left fielder in baseball, he is a nice upgrade for them in left field. Hoskins will be working his way in there uh, from time to time for Andrew as well. Uh, Arubel Herrera is a very strong center fielder. He can hit. He's got speed. He can steal. Uh, he's right around the top 50 in center fielders. The dude can play. If you can snag him in the mid-rounds, you're doing yourself some, a huge favor. He's going to get some stats this year. Uh, with the protection he's going to have in that lineup, he's going to get balls to hit, and he's going to get some steals opportunities. Right field is the guy we waited all offseason for. Bryce Harper will be anchoring in right field. I have a feeling in that ballpark, Bryce Harper is going to have some big, big games. I think uh, this will be the first of many great years for Bryce Harper in right field for the Philadelphia Phillies. And McCutcheon will be moving to right from time to time when they need to get Santana or Hoskins some time in left. Their starting pitchers, Aaron Nola, Jake Ariota, Nick Pavetta, Vince Velasquez, and Zach Effen. Not a bad rotation. They're still possibly in the uh, in the workings with Dallas Keuchel. Nobody knows for sure yet. Dallas Keuchel has not signed yet. Uh, Phillies, I think, are still in the process of possibly locking that down. Uh, Nola, Arietta. Nola is a top three-round guy. Arietta is a mid-round guy. Pavetta is a back-of-the-draft guy. Velasquez is a take-a-flyer-on, back-of-the-draft, just-for-depth guy. <clears throat> Dominguez, Neris, Nishek, Ramos, Alvarez. Those are all very, very strong bullpen guys. Uh, and they rotated their bullpen around. Uh, Saren Anthony, Sir Anthony Dominguez is a very good bullpen guy. He's going to get you a ton of innings and good stats. He is a must-pick-up at the back of drafts. Sir, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Got to love that name. Sir Anthony Dominguez. Uh, and I've got the Phils winning this division by three games over the Nats. I have the Nats uh, losing to the Phillies as far as getting the first uh, you know, spot in the division. But I do have the Nats probably up there battling uh, for a wild card. So I do think there's a good chance the Phillies and the Nats both make the playoffs. <clears throat> I have the Mets and the Braves not too far out of the mix there as well. I think it's going to be a four-team, a four-horse race in the NL East. I think it is the deepest and most uh, competitive division in all of baseball. Uh, I think there's going to be maybe a 10-game gap between all four teams, the Phillies, Nats, Mets, and Braves. They're all going to finish bunched up. I have the Braves falling behind those other the other three just because uh, their youth. There's a lot of things that are going to have to go right there. I love that Braves team. If you hear my first few podcasts, I absolutely love what they did in the offseason. I just feel like the Mets... Nats and Phillies did just enough to keep themselves just ahead of the Braves. The Braves are the division champ from last year. So it will be a bit of a downgrade for the Braves this year. But you got to realize, strongest division in baseball this year. Really loaded up. If I had to guess a team that would bottom out and have the worst luck of those four, it would be the New York Mets. They tend to trend that way. They've had a lot of injuries with their pitchers. 
The Nats are perfect. They're not as loaded as they were a couple years ago, but they are a very well put together team, a mixture of veterans and youth. At catcher, they got Jan Gomes with Suzuki, another good pickup, backing them up. Zimmerman at first, Brian Dozier at second, Rendon at third, and Trey Turner at short. All four of those guys, Gomes, Zim- five, sorry, uh, Gomes, Zimmerman, Dozier, Rendon, Turner, all extremely fantasy relevant. Turner is a first rounder. Rendon is a first or second rounder. Uh, Dozier can go in the you know third to sixth rounds, uh, maybe even lower than that. You might be able to get Dozier as far back as the seventh, eighth round. Very good second baseman. He is set up to have a good season, a good bounce back season. Zimmerman still going to be that steady first baseman, not what he used to be, but still fantasy relevant. Good back of the draft guy. Gomes is a mid, you know, ranked 16 overall catcher. There's not very many catchers in baseball. Gomes is not a bad guy to get in the back of a draft. Very interesting outfield with Juan Soto. He's a first round, first or second rounder to me. Young, great talent. He's a must in fan and dynasty drafts. Another dynasty draft must from the Nats. And a top five or six round guy to me, Victor Robles in center field. Michael Taylor, not very fantasy relevant, but he will be backing up these guys. One of those guys you keep an eye on if you run into any injuries there at the top. And then Adam Eaton, not very fantasy relevant right now, but he as well is a guy that you need to keep an eye on. If they run into any injuries with those top young guys uh, in their outfield rotation, Eaton will play a bigger part as he's had a lot of injury issues as well over the years. Very relevant top three starting pitchers for the Nats. All three of them could go in the first three rounds of a draft. Max Scherzer is one of your top five players picked in every draft. Great starter. Steven Strasburg, he's going in the second round-ish, right around there, sometimes third round. Steven Strasburg's another great starter. And then their pickup in the offseason, Patrick Corbin, should fit right in. He's got the perfect spot there in the three-hole with this team. I think he's going to have a very good steady year. So he's a good lockdown starter you can pick in your draft, Patrick Corbin. Doolittle, Rosenthal, Barraclaw, Miller, Grace, and Glover. We'll round out your bullpen. Uh, Doolittle is the guy you're looking for as far as the closing. Rosenthal should get you some decent stats as well. So the Nats, I've got 93 and 69 this year. It seems a little disappointing, uh, but they are uh, a team that really stayed very relevant no matter what happened. Even though they lost Bryce Harper... Uh, they stayed very, very relevant, and it was nice to see the Nats really solidify themselves as one of those teams that uh, no matter what happens to them, they tend to adjust, and that is the sign of a team that can be around for a long time, that could be maybe not dynasty material, but a team that's always going to be in the mix for years to come is when they can adjust to losing a star like Bryce Harper. That's exactly what the Nets did. They just they had some young guys coming up, and they just readjusted their approach. Uh, third in the division this year in the NL East, I've got the Mets finishing at 87-75. and 75. Uh, 
probably just out of the wild card mix, the Mets. I think they'll be right there to the end, though. Uh, just very good, well-put-together team. If they stay healthy, they've got a legit chance to surprise people, even possibly win the division. And the reason why I have them third is something always happens. They will get, you know, a few injuries to some key players. Um and that's just how it seems to be with the Mets. Uh, something always tends to happen on that front. And I have a feeling not to bottom out their season, but just enough to hurt them as far as keeping pace with the Nats and the Phillies. They have Wilson Ramos, very steady catcher, uh, to get his fifth-ranked overall catcher in baseball. And as far as fantasy, Wilson Ramos, very steady catcher. <clears throat> They're going to try J.D. Davis uh, more than likely at first. Uh, he's been working up to the Astro system. He's not fantasy relevant at this point. Robinson Cano is a good middle round guy. Uh, 11th ranked uh, second baseman in all of baseball. Robinson Cano. Jed Lowry at third base. Another uh, decent middle round guy. Uh, third baseman. He will get you decent batting average. Doubles. Little bit of power. Some decent ribby action. Lowry is a good hitter. Just a, Not a great hitter, but a very good hitter. And he will be at third base with Todd Frazier backing him up there. Um, shortstop is like Rosario. Ahmed Rosario will take that role for the Mets with Lowry uh, rotating in from time to time. Uh, Rosario at this point is not extremely fantasy relevant, but they do have him listed as the 18th ranked shortstop. So uh, make of that what you will. He may be a good, decent depth guy at the back of a draft. Left fielder McNeil. Center fielder is either going to be Broxton or Nimmo, and right fielder is going to be Conforto. Uh, really, the only guy at this point for me in the Mets outfield that is worth any fantasy relevant, and one of the reasons why I have them finishing third in the division and not higher, is they don't have the greatest outfield at this point. They've got some young guys that are looking to, you know, uh, to come up and and show their talents, and we'll see if that happens. Will Keon Broxton finally hit his stride? We'll see. But Conforto is the only guy that's steady there. He is a 29th ranked right fielder in all of baseball. Uh, a good middle round guy to get good bat. Steady guys had a good couple years coming into this year. Now we're going to get to why the Mets are winning 87 games. If they stay healthy. They're starting pitching. Jake DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom is a first rounder. If you see him, take him. Noah Syndergaard to me is a second or third round talent. He's dropped as far as fourth or fifth in some of the, the drafts. He will probably rise over the next few weeks. Noah Syndergaard is a very good starting pitcher for a fantasy team. Steven Matz has been getting a lot of run. He's 67th ranked overall in all of baseball, uh, which tells me he's you know mid to late rounds. Uh, and he will be a good snag if you can get him there. And then a guy that has been going higher than expected. He's still dealing with some injury stuff that he's trying to make sure is 100% coming into this season. Risky, but it's one of those risk-reward players. If you've got a good, deep team, he's not a bad guy to throw in there. Zach Wheeler, starter for the Mets. Then in the bullpen, they've got two guys that I think are definite uh, guys you want to look at from the ninth round on, seventh round for some people. Edwin Diaz, their closer. They will play a lot of close games. <clears throat> and then Familia, who was their closer, is now going to be the setup, and we'll get some close opportunities from time to time. Another good guy to pick. He will give you some good ratios. Justin Wilson, Wilson and Seth Lugo will eat up some innings, give you some decent uh, ratios and numbers as well. And that is the main reason why the Mets 
will finish close to 90 wins, in my opinion, is because of that uh, pitching depth. It, it, they've really loaded up a pitcher, and they've made some good moves in the field. Cano, Lowry, uh, I think the Mets, you know, they're not going to be an easy team to beat. They are going to be, like I said, an 87-win team in Major League Baseball is not an easy team to beat, and I think that's what the Mets will be. That NL East, I don't care if you're an AL, NL guy, or, or what. If you enjoy baseball, that NL East should be a blast to watch all year long. Okay, on to the Braves. Uh, this was not, it went against my heart. I love this Atlanta Braves team. I can't tell you how much I love this team. And I love the superstars on this team. And I love the way they've rebuilt this team. But I have them going 82 and 78. I don't think everything's going to go perfect. They got a couple guys in their second years. There's a lot of youth in the in the pitching side. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot that has to go right. Last year, everything went right. Went as good as it could go for them, and they won the division. I don't think they're going to have that kind of luck this year. And a big part of it is that they're going to have to play a ton of games against three teams in that division that are extremely talented. That's going to hurt their record as well and eat up a lot of time and manpower playing the Phillies, Nats, and Mets. So I have the Braves still winning 82 games, uh, probably out of the wild card picture, but I still think they're going to be a very fun team to watch. Uh, they've got Tyler Flowers and Brian McCann at catcher. Flowers will be the starter. McCann will come in from time to time. Freddie Freeman, second-ranked first baseman in all of baseball. Ozzie Albies at second base, the fifth-ranked second baseman. Uh, Albies needs to be taken in the first, uh, I'd say, top six rounds. He's a very good second baseman. Josh Donaldson is set up for a bounce-back year to me. I think he could be a sleeper. They have him as a 12th-ranked third baseman. That seems about right to me. You could get him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, somewhere around there, and it'll be a steal. A lot of people may laugh at you. Uh, but trust me when I tell you, Josh Donaldson's going to have a good year with that lineup. If he has a great year, he could turn this thing around and make the Braves even better. Uh, but we'll see. At shortstop, they got Dabney Swanson, uh, Dansby Swanson. He is not too uh, fantasy relevant at this point. Uh, first rounder, top 10 pick for me, top 5 pick for me in some drafts. I will, I've even picked him over bets. Like I, If I'm in a dynasty... I am going to pick this kid. Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, is uh, ready to blow up this year. He's the left fielder for the Braves. I think he's going to put up Trout-esque numbers. I don't think he is Mike Trout by any means. Got to prove that. Uh, but I do think he can put up numbers similar to Mike Trout. Ender Inquiarte at center field. Uh, he is a very, very steady center fielder. If you can get him between that 6th and 10th round, 6th and 8th round, right around there, right in the front end, uh, back of the front end of the draft, uh, right, you know, between rounds, I'd say 6 and 9, anywhere around there, uh, Inquiarte is a very good center fielder. He'll get you some stolen bases, decent batting average. And then a guy that I'm getting at the back of a lot of drafts is a depth guy, and he's a good depth guy to have on your bench that you can spot in from time to time, uh, at least put in your utility role, is Nick Markakis. And then Adam Duvall is a guy that's going to back a lot of people up, could end up with some playing times if they run into any <coughs> injury issues. Starting pitchers, uh, Fulton Evitz, Tehran, Julio Tehran, Guzman, Newcomb, with Toussaint as the guy coming in the fifth, 
spot there. Uh, really, Felton Evitz is going really high right now. Uh, I'm a little worried about how high he's going. I don't know how much I uh, trust that at this point, but he's still a decent guy to get in the mid-rounds. Tehran is also a good depth guy, uh, a guy from like the 13th round on, if you can get your hands on him. Same with Gossman. I think if you can get Gossman between the 10th and 13th round, uh, you're probably doing pretty good. And in their bullpen, I think one of the reasons they may run into a little bit of trouble, uh, Minter, O'Day, Winkler, and Venters are their main guys. Uh, Minter seems to be set up to be their probable closer. He may have some fantasy relevance due to the saves. And strikeouts per nine. I, I really, it, it, it's a struggle for me to to talk negatively about the Braves because I love their mix of youth and veterans, but that bullpen is what's going to kill them. Uh, the Florida Marlins will round up, round off the NL East. Uh, I have them winning sixty-seven games, losing ninety-five. Uh, that may even be a little bit giving there. I think uh, they just are continuing to be one of the worst teams in baseball this year. I don't see. They've traded off anything that was of real value. Now, they're getting decent stuff back for them. Uh, we'll start off with Alfaro at catcher. was a decent pickup for the Real Muto trade. Neil Walker at first. Not too fantasy relevant back end. Starlin Castro at second base. Uh, another good depth guy at second base. He'll get you a few positions covered. Brian Anderson at third, not relevant. JT Riddle at shortstop, not very relevant. Uh, Austin Dean, not relevant. Lewis Brinson in center field, not relevant. Austin Dean was a left fielder, by the way, not relevant. Uh, they got Rosal Herrera, uh, a young uh, uh, minor leaguer coming up through there that is backing these guys up. He's a guy to keep an eye on, uh, but still at this point, not fantasy relevant. And then Austin Dean or Peter O'Brien in right field, neither are fantasy relevant. As far as their starting pitching goes, Jose Urena is probably their best bet. Uh, he's a decent starter. And Chin and Straley, these are just depth guys. Honestly, none of the three have too much fantasy relevance at this time. Adam Conley, out of the pen, is their closer, and he is not very fantasy relevant either. Uh, as you can tell by me running through that Marlins lineup, that is why I have them losing 95 to 100 games this year. Uh, they have reached a very, very low point in their talent. Um, they could easily win 60 games and, and lose 102 or so. I mean, that, that's how bad uh, they could be this year, especially in that NL East, which is going to be brutal for the Marlins. The other four teams are all very, very good possible playoff contenders. Four teams in one division. Uh, definitely the strongest division in baseball. All right, guys. Well, we covered the AL and the NL East today. Um, I hope that will help uh, you guys out there with the players uh, that we find relevant going into some of your drafts. Like I said, feel free to contact me uh, through any of the ways that we mentioned earlier, through the website, through the email, through Twitter. Once again, our Twitter handle is at AOL base. Uh, AO. AOTC Baseball Talk at AOTC Baseball Talk is our Twitter handle. Uh, feel free to contact us through that as well, however you choose. Uh, until the next podcast, guys, we will finish off covering uh, some of these divisions and we will move on 
and get geared up for the beginning of the regular season. We are excited about that. I appreciate everybody that has been emailing me and keeping me on my toes the last week or so. Uh, Let's keep this ball rolling, pass on the word with the podcast, and let's see if we can build up a decent base like we did in fantasy football. I am excited about this season. I hope you are too. Until the next podcast, guys, I'm out.